When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You still speak Tagalog? Uh, I speak it, but it, it's mahirap kung hindi nag-iinom. Pag hindi nag <laughs> well, that's because it grows more confidence, I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. That's my joke. Ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. And in this special episode, we speak with Miguel Sangalang, Deputy Mayor of the City of Los Angeles and a recent guest of Asia Society Philippines and Manila House. Magandang gabi po sa iyo lahat. Pasensya na. I did not realize traffic would be just the same or if not worse than L.A. It was Mr. Sangalang's first time back in the Philippines in nine years. And he had just gotten a taste of what life was like for the rest of us every day. He had flown to Manila from Bohol where he had just gotten married. And his flight was delayed for three hours. And when he finally arrived at Naia, traffic had snarled all the way to BGC for his talk for Asia Society at Manila House. I'm dressed all in white. This was the first thing that I could pull out out of my hand carry was my wedding suit. Mr. Sangalang was born in Quezon City. His first years were spent growing up in Project 6. Weekends, he would be in SM North Edsa with the family. He migrated with his parents to Los Angeles when he was a child, entered public school there, then went to UCLA for a degree in East Asia Studies with a minor in public policy. Now 37, he is vice mayor of one of America's biggest and most important cities. It's an appointive post. He's in charge of budget and innovation. The easiest way I could kind of sum it up is you know, my role in the job that the mayor gave me is to make sure that some bad ideas don't happen and other crazy ideas do. We've just recently released our sustainability plan, which has some of the goals that we've set up to be, you know, zero emission, to be zero wasted water, zero waste. We have to kind of uh, preserve what we have for our future generations as well. We have made our, our roads more resilient. We're trying to lower the urban island heat effect by using kind of new technologies like cool pavement. All of that is what Miguel is juggling and managing at the moment, if not for the future. But before we get to that, we asked him about his past. His road in life from the Philippines to America long before he would have a hand at charting California's path to tomorrow. It's actually me and my mom that, that went ahead uh, to, to the U.S. first, uh, predominantly because there was other, other family members and, and also just kind of looking for what would be the American dream, right, the land of opportunity. Our family wasn't well-to-do, wasn't poor. Um, it, was, it was fine. But obviously every, every generation wants the best for the next generation. My dad was an electrical engineer in the Philippines. My mother was a school teacher in kind of the same province that she had been born 
uh, when she moved to the U.S., she was predominantly a homemaker and so had taken efforts to, to raise me and uh, many of my cousins uh, have a large troop of the same age. She had also worked odd and odd jobs in manufacturing uh, at night. I was saying goodbye to her in the evening so that she would work uh, a full shift. She would always make sure that I was woken up with some ulam in the morning. In October, L.A. City Hall was lit up with the colors of the Philippine flag in honor of the first Filipinos documented to have landed in Morro Bay, California in the 1580s. That's right, may mga Pinoy na sa California a full three decades before the pilgrims arrived on the Mayflower. Fast forward to present-day 21st century in Metro Manila, Sangalang took time after his wedding to speak before a small audience organized by Asia Society Philippines and the Manila House. Flying in on a delayed flight from Bohol and then getting stuck in traffic straight from the airport, he arrived for his talk one hour late. But hey, that's life for Metro Manila for you. And in any case, it was a convenient backdrop to frame why people were eager to listen to an official of Los Angeles. So as Miggs was the first to point out, LA too is notorious for its traffic. And so we started with this question. What shouldn't we copy from Los Angeles? Urban sprawl. And, and that's something that we're, we're still grappling with. That's part of the cause of our, our traffic. We're trying to solve that with greater public transportation, with new technologies. Sprawl. We pointed out to Sangalang that the buzzword for many politicians in the Philippines is decongestion. Many call for expanding the metropolis, if not building entirely new cities from scratch outside of Metro Manila, precisely because congestion has become an inherently bad word. And also, it has become antithetical to building cities vertically, which is essentially accommodating more people on this land. In other words, we said, one can see that the more popular call to decongest is more consistent with encouraging the sprawl, Sangalang says, we should avoid. We shouldn't be afraid of density. Housing is a big issue. There was an ideal of what the California lifestyle would be. A lot of that hope, the, the aspirations, the investment of having your own kind of single-family home. But I think that could be achieved in many different ways so long as you keep an actual open mindset, mm. right? There's, there's nothing wrong with, with density, with multi-generational housing, many of which are characteristics that, that Manila and Filipinos do on a regular basis. I'm very happy that we had multiple generations right now to take care of the baby while we had our wedding, right? So avoid sprawl, embrace density. When you try to build and fit more into less space, the challenge is great, but the opportunity for creativity and innovation is greatest. So is the opportunity for efficiency. Beyond traffic, for example, what would be the challenges and opportunities for housing? Part of the issue is that the lines of the city were already drawn. So dealing with that, there's... Uh, aspects of zoning that we're obviously looking at in the state of California. We're basically then allowed to build not only your primary residence, but, you know, duplexes and triplexes, which will cause greater housing and more density and, and, and more localized kind of infrastructure. A uh, mayor has set up 
different policy goals for housing where we have 100,000 housing units. But in addition to that, I think one of the more transformative things is that we have had adaptive reuse where we had old buildings that we've been able to, to, to use for new purposes. And so downtown Los Angeles, which was uh, predominantly commercial properties, were changed into residential condos or apartments that made it more accessible, that were already close to transit, right? So how do you take a space and just kind of reimagine it is, is one of those aspects that we've also applied. Miguel says it's important to remind that all this thinking is not about designing structures and infrastructure, but about improving lives. It's not about using space efficiently. It's about making citizens feel part of these spaces, the very reason space is created. It's not just about building vertically. Can people actually afford to live in condos? Are there open places where their kids can run around and play? We've done things like create public-private partnerships in order to actually open up space on, on development land. Now, wait a minute, back up. How do you incentivize companies to create open spaces? In the Philippines, when you say public-private partnership, when you say PPP, most likely it's to develop more commercial spaces. It's actually in, in the best interest of the, the developer in Los Angeles to develop with that in mind. I mean, we have some of the most successful kind of malls called Glendale Galleria and the Promenade in Santa Monica where it's open space, it's meant more as a hangout. Retail is actually the afterthought of the design of those areas. And lo and behold, it actually enticed even more kind of commerce in those. It's more of an idea of creating a space where people want to be. And if people want to be in that area, then they're going to do all the activities you want them. Of course, you have to get to those places first, which brings us back inevitably to traffic, or for that matter, mobility. I think many people in this crowd have gotten stuck in L.A. traffic. You do have not just a car culture in California, uh, but in fact a love affair with your cars. But you look at Metro Manila right now, as congested as it is, everybody still aspires for their own car. How do we communicate to people that we understand your suffering and as impatient and as frustrated as you are that our government has not yet brought the mass transit, the alternative still is not for everybody to go out and, and buy a car. Public transportation is still the best, most efficient way to move people. The citizenry had actually voted to, to tax themselves and build new railway systems. But yes, you're right that the infrastructure to create that will be, you know, it's years in the making and something that then people have to wait for. The kind of hope and dream is to have cars then that can follow just uh, inches away or, or, or centimeters away from each other um, so that we can pack more on the grid that we actually have. Yeah. We have Elon Musk who's trying to drill tunnels in Los Angeles so that we can kind of go mm. you know, from one point of, of uh, Los Angeles to essentially where it's uh, West LA. The thing that I, I kind of wish that I had uh, over there in, in LA and it's in the Philippines, the whole logistics and delivery, trying to get it to your home, that kind of general convenience and logistical aspect of everyday living that I think is far more interesting in countries other than the US that has its own issues. Uh, because then you have delivery trucks or motorcycles that are then congesting the roadways and what have you. But 
I think that's the kind of level if we're becoming more and more efficient, if people are wanting to do you know, uh, more and more things, either because they're being more productive or, or recreational uses, then, then we're going to have to, to figure out how do we solve everyday kind of challenges. Deputy Mayor Miguel Sangalang, maraming maraming salamat, maligayang bagong taon, and congratulations. Maraming salamat po. This special episode of Puma Podcast was produced by Trisha Aquino. Our audio editor is Mark Casillian. Special thanks to Asia Society Philippines and Manila House. Ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. Subscribe to Puma Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Maraming salamat po. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.